0: you to make that leap to a more fulfilling career. Hey guys, my guest today is Jen Burson. She left civil litigation after, as she says, seeing the light to found her own PR agency, Generation PR. And she is also now the creator of Agency Accelerator, where she teaches entrepreneurs how to launch, grow, and scale a profitable PR and marketing agency. I had so much fun talking with Jen, uh, sort of about her journey. Uh, And one thing I really wanted to highlight is how she talks about really um, listening to that gut um, voice, that inner voice that she had, pushing her towards something different and something new and something she didn't even fully understand at the beginning. But by listening to that and following it, uh she's really found herself in a career that she absolutely loves and really suits her well and it's just so important to sort of as i sometimes say quiet your your lawyer brain long enough to listen to that voice <laughs> so that you have a chance at finding what i i'm sure you will hear as i did from her you know she really has found something really really fulfilling for herself so always inspiring to hear that just wanted to mention again that you can hop on the VIP waitlist for my upcoming program it is going to launch soon 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 so this is one of the final chances to jump on there for the early bird pricing um, I'll leave the link in the notes and yeah on to my conversation with Jen Jen welcome to the podcast hi thanks so much for having me oh my pleasure So, I start with everyone at the same place um, and just ask, what took you to law school initially? Oh,
1: well, let's see. I went to law school um, in 98. So... I was in college at Santa Barbara and I loved being up there so much. Oh, it's so
0: beautiful in Santa Barbara. I mean,
1: there's literally no better place to go to school. It's like the best college experience. And I was kind of trying to find a way to stay up there every summer um, because I didn't want to come home. Um, and so I basically told my parents that I was studying for the LSAT. And they were like, okay, that's cool. You can you can stay up in Santa Barbara for the summer and study. Yeah, and I kind of got you know I always knew I wanted to go to graduate school, and I kind of got swept up in the timing and just the like the energy of it all. You know, yeah. I took the LSAT, you know, I did fairly well. I had great grades in undergrad, so I applied to a bunch of law schools in California um kind of thinking that I would might go into entertainment law cuz it seemed like interesting I guess yeah. I didn't even really know what it was
0: um, <laughs> right <laughs>
1: yeah and then southern california seemed like a good place to be so um i got admitted to usc and then i was kind of on this path where i just went cuz i think it was expected of me and i wanted my parents to be proud of me and know, kind of felt like putting off the inevitable, like getting a job, what what I do? What do I ultimately want to do with my life? And I didn't know. And so, you know, law school was a way to kind of buy myself a few more years, get a good education. I don't think that I really thought I wanted to be a lawyer, um, at least not like at a big firm, until I got into law
0: school. (laughs) They'll do that to you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Right. The (laughs) on-campus interviews and how competitive it is. And, you know, the timing I mentioned at the beginning, you know, when I was um, my summer between second and third year, um, that was when the dot-com boom was happening and all of the great lawyers were being lured away to the dot-com startups. And so the firms had to compete and then they were giving us these ridiculous salaries as summer clerks. And it's so enticing, right? You're yeah, like, oh,
0: know,
1: yeah. <laughs> So you get swept up in it all. And then the next thing I knew, I graduated law school and, you know, passed the bar and took my job at the law firm where I was a summer intern. And then the yeah. market tanked in 2001. Yeah. And we were all just so grateful to have jobs. So we felt a little, you know, I felt a little bit kind of stuck.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what kind of was there any point in law school that you sort of like, oh that might be interesting, but I'm going this way, or did you just kind of go into big law, just
1: Yeah. I think that um what it was more like what was presented to me as options yeah. and they came yeah. on campus and right. it was like just, you know, and at SC, that's just kind of what everybody was at least in my class they were striving to get those jobs and you get caught up in it like can i you know if they can do it so can i yeah. um and i just thought it would be like a good place to start yeah um and I, and the firm I ended up working at had a good um, reputation in entertainment now i realize it's just like the same problem <laughs> just you know
0: i'm like you people. can't it's like lipstick on a pig right you're like totally. You're st- <laughs>
1: Yeah. So it's like, well, what am I even doing? And, and I realized that like the young women didn't get to work on those cases. Really. It was like the older, you know, male partners that worked with those clients. They represented basically every studio,
0: Um,
1: you know, and, and also it was like, there was a lot going on with, um, the firm they had, like the Recording Industry Artists Association against Napster, and they ended up going mm-hmm. to the Supreme Court, yeah. and they had the OJ Simpson civil suit, um, oh, wow. you know, as a favor to, um, you know, as a favor to the Goldman family, they ended up representing um, them in the yeah. civil suit. And so there was a lot of like sexy things happening, and we were very lured in by all of that. It's funny now to look yeah. back and think that's sexy, but-
0: I know, <laughs> but you I know. I always tell this the story that this I it was not even that sexy but there was some sort of semi you know novel interesting securities thing that came through the door and this partner was like, "Ooh, Megan, you want to be on this deal with me? It's like it's pretty sexy." I'm like, "I think you and I have very different definitions <laughs> of that." <word." laughs> yeah. But so so what was, you know, your experience of actually doing the work in a firm like that? Um you know,
1: there, it was mixed because um, I was in litigation and when it came to the bigger, more interesting cases, obviously as a junior associate and a you know, first year associate, you're getting the grunt work. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mind doing it um, as long as there was like an opportunity to be exposed to the interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I wasn't, I felt like I was always kind of just working on my little piece of the puzzle and without like a greater visibility to the other parts of the case. Um, One of the things I did do, now that I have my own business, I realize in hindsight, this was such a valuable thing I got to work on, but I ended up doing the collections for the law firm. Yeah. (laughs) you know, it was like any client that didn't pay their bills, we had to go through and sue them for breach of contract and get a judgment and then go through the whole process of collections and do a debtor's exam and, you know, demand, like everything just going through all of that. And now that I have my own business, I have a really high track record of getting paid because I know (laughs) people if they owe me money.
0: Yeah. And at the
1: time, you know, I was like, really young and got to have my own cases, essentially, and, you know, got to argue in front of judges. And, you know, most of the time, the other side never appeared. I mean, right. when they're a deadbeat, and they don't pay, they're certainly not showing up to a court, right. Know, a court right. Appearance. But so I got a lot of good experience. And it gave me a lot of confidence. And, um, you know, I looked really young, but I always was very prepared. And I had a judge tell me that I was one of the most prepared attorneys that would ever come into his courtroom. And, I was so proud of that. And I realized there was nobody at the firm who would even care. Like it just wasn't something that anyone would say, wow, that's, you know, great feedback. You know, no, that's not. It's like, do your job. Of course you're prepared and just keep your head down and do what you're doing.
0: Right. So,
1: you know, aside from really getting that great experience and also just writing, I think was um, something that was a really valuable skill that I was able to transfer into my current role. Yeah. Um but other than that, you know, it just uh it just felt like it was so far outside of my personality fit.
0: Right. You right. Know, it wasn't a yeah. place for me. So how long did you stay there? Well, I I had um another
1: firm that I ended up moving on to <clears throat> for a couple years, but um, in total I practiced for about 4 years. Mm-hmm. Um I went from a big, you know, really well-known LA firm to like a small boutique firm. And there I was brought in to work on a damages piece of a really large, um, you know, EPA case. And Mm -hmm. um, I, the case ended up not moving forward. So this big piece that I was brought in on ended up not being needed. So the attorneys also seemed like they were kind of like one foot out the door on the verge of retirement. So I was very much unsupervised a lot of the time, which yeah. was kind of a nice way to ride off into the sunset in my legal career.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it
1: ended up allowing me time to like kind of start my side hustle, which right. is you know how I made my transition. But it was kind of cool because I had, you know, appearances in the morning or I would write, you know, for clients in the morning. And then afternoons, I kind of was on my own to explore other things that were interesting to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's I feel like that's like such an ideal place to be because I hear from so many people. I actually just sent an email about this which is, you know, I don't I don't even have time to think about what I would do next. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, I was very lucky there. I mean, I not only had the time and kind of the autonomy in the firm. Yeah. Um you know, I mean, it was just the time. It was just also like feeling Comfortable to like paying attention to something that was like like nudging at me a bit, um, yeah, and and saying like, what is that feeling, and I should probably explore it, and then figuring out you know how I could explore it on my own,
0: yeah. So what was that? How did like how did you kind of where was that nudge coming from, and and how did you think about what you were going to sort of explore at that point?
1: Yeah. So well, my my current business. is uh, running a PR firm and I have been running my agency generation PR for 16 years um, And so it was this feeling of like wanting to do something that was proactively helping a business, supporting a business and building a business up because mm-hmm. most of the time in litigation we were doing protracted cases that were really expensive and the point was to try to you know exhaust resources and tear down a business. Yeah. Um, versus adding value and building up a company, like supporting an entrepreneur and their passion and helping them grow their business. Yeah. So it was just kind of random, but um, on my bar trip in 2001, I was in Europe and I found this fragrance that was like really beautiful, and I got a lot of compliments when I would wear it. And when I ran out of it, my, it was around Mother's Day, and my mom said, "You know what I would want for Mother's Day? I'd love some of that perfume that you've been wearing." So I had to track it down. I mean, this was like sort of pre, you right. know, searchability on the internet Harder yeah. yeah. to find stuff. Um, so i looked for a really long time. I finally found the company and realized they had no real presence here in the US, even though they were based in California. So I placed an order. You had to like basically email the company and they would like call you to process your credit card. It was like <laughs> really like yeah. pre, you know, know. Pre e-commerce. And, um, the owner of the company was so appreciative cause I ordered a bunch of stuff and I just felt this connection, like the fragrance range, there were like 10 different fragrances and they were all color coded and they all had different names. Like I am hot, I am wild, I'm energy, I'm naked, I'm passion. And each mm-hmm. one had a, a color, a scent, and then an affirmation, um, like associated with it. So essentially, you yeah. would smell the fragrance throughout the day and then be reminded of this positive affirmation. And I just thought it was such a good concept. They smell beautiful and merchandise really well. And I just felt this pull like I really want to help this lady like she should have more presence. Yeah, he should have more visibility here. And I didn't even know what that was. But I just reached out to her and I said, Hey, remember me, I made that big order. You no, know, I am an attorney. However, um, if you send me a big box of Free product, <laughs> have, like find ways to get it out to people in my network or find the right contacts. And then she said yes, which was like this yeah. huge shock to me. And then um, she ended up um, sending me this box. And I remember like ripping it open. It came to my law firm. And I, you know, found this box sitting in my office and my, my, uh, legal secretary was like, what's in the box? And I said, shut the door. And we ripped (laughs) through it and we were like, Oh my God, this is the best thing ever. And it was just so fun to go through everything and like have ideas. How do I promote this? And the big thing that was like the big aha for me was this fragrance called I am beautiful. And at the time, Christina Aguilera had a song with the same Mm, title. Remember that? I mean, it's such oh, a beautiful yeah. song. And I sent it to her through her publicist. And then I started to tell the magazines about it. I just reverse engineered email contacts at magazines. And I ended up getting a hit for them in um, In Touch magazine and the buzz column. And the owner of the company told me that it was the biggest thing that ever happened to them in terms of new business leads, you know, new uh retailers reaching out to bring them in store. We got them into Fred Siegel and Kitson at the time. Those were like yeah. the biggest stores. And it exploded her business. And I just was like, like kind of addicted to a few things that we so different than law, like one being a tangible result that I could hold in my hand. Yes. You know, after like a very short period of time, I mean, we're talking, this was like two to three weeks. And yeah. it was that actual result that happened in a really short timeframe. And the fact that it had such a positive, almost immediate impact on a business. And yeah. I was hooked. I felt like this is the best thing ever. And if I could actually get paid to do this, that would be my ideal career.
0: Yeah. You know? So then I, I just, yeah. Yeah, that's I, yeah, it's amazing when you just like, I'm always trying to explain to people that like, you don't necessarily have to have some grand 10 step plan to where mm-hmm. you're going. You just are like, Hey, I like, I like this scent and maybe I could like do something with it. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, like, <laughs> just reached out to her and kind of
1: expressed my passion and, you know, a couple ideas I had. And she said, what's, what's the harm? And yeah, I was doing this for free. And I thought, well, if I can get paid, that's a dream job for me. So I ended up, you know, kind of exploring what this actually was, because I didn't know about the world of public relations. I thought that PR was essentially like a celebrity behaved badly, and somebody had to go and you know, cover their ass. (laughs) Right, right. I didn't know that (laughs) brands and companies paid, you know, people to help them get visibility. I thought I knew about advertising and I knew about marketing, but and social media didn't exist. But back then I just had no idea that PR was a thing. So once I realized what it was, I started to kind of reach out and find ways that I could you know, kind of explore this possibility of, like what resources are available for PR pros? Should I get a job? Should I start my yeah. own consultancy? Like, what is the next step for me? Um, and you yeah. know what was so funny is that it was so hard to get information and get like a roadmap or training or resources. Yeah. So then I ended up creating that. And now I have that whole other side of my business that's like a coaching for PR professionals helping yeah. run their own agencies, but that was born out of the the need because it just didn't exist when I started.
0: Yeah. But,
1: yeah. I just, and couldn't. I
0: suspect it's sort of, I see this across sort of different industries as people are like, that sounds cool, but like, how am I going to get, like, I lived in New York for many years. Like, how do you break into like a big PR agency in New York and that, and then people go, you can't. So like i'm going to decide that's impossible to get into that at all right mm. so what was your was did you what was your thought process when you thought about how, what side of of uh, you would get into the business in like working for someone or starting your own business
1: well i actually did kind of transition out of law joining somebody who was very seasoned in the PR realm and ended up leaving her in-house job at a beauty company to start her own PR firm. And what I realized um, is that I didn't want to be like a doer. I didn't, I
0: didn't want <laughs> I totally find, identify with that. <laughs> right. I'm like, I don't want to be the one
1: doing the work. I want to be the one finding the work. I want to be the one growing the business. I'm more yeah. entrepreneurial. Yeah. Um, and- You know, she ended up um, like having some hiccups and and stops and starts with growing the business. And it seemed like after maybe, you know, I was bringing in new business and then essentially she was kind of taking the retainer and I was getting paid to do the work. And I was kind of losing a lot of that retainer to her for this, quote unquote, umbrella of like her agency and her resources. But when I figured out what those resources could be, I thought, well, I can do it myself. And I kind of gave myself a six-month runway um, financially and also mentally. I needed that break to say, okay, six months, don't hit the panic button. Just see what you can do here. Um, And so I had kind of worked with her for about eight or so months. And I had all these new business leads that were coming in. And I was generating them on my own, mostly because I was just sharing my transition from law to PR with people. And they were kind of excited by my excitement. So they would say, oh, I have someone that you should meet. So when I first had my own lead, something that I was very excited about, and I had presented it to her as something we should work with she was kind of like, no, I'm not feeling it. She had her her reasons why she wasn't interested in that client. So would you mind if I explored this on my own? And, you know, I'm kind of thinking of like moving on and she totally was supportive. She's like, I totally get it. Yeah. so I left and went out on my own in March of 2005 and kind of came up with a company name and went to that very first potential client and kind of, they would have been my first paying client. And I said, Um, you know, on my own. And I said, yeah, like I'll work below market, I'll hustle, give me three months, um, see what I can do, see how responsive I am. You'll know the quality of my work and my commitment to your company. And then we'll reevaluate. And I ended up representing that brand for 11 years. Wow. Wow. It's like (laughs) in the PR world, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So yeah, that's how I kind of decided I was going out on my own. And the appeal of, um, you know, being entrepreneurial and like really setting my own schedule and time and deciding who I wanted to work with and how I spent my time that was so appealing to me. Yes. I just had to make it work. I had to make it work.
0: Yeah. I, lo- I love that, like having to make it work because you realize, th- I think for those of us who kind of come to the conclusion that working for someone else isn't the right answer, then mm-hmm. you're like, whoa. Uh, I don't know exactly what this is going to be, but I have to make it work. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And you don't need to know. Just like you said, yeah. you don't have to have it all figured out. It's like leap and the net will appear. And that's oh. why I gave myself six months because I didn't want to say, oh, my gosh, it all has to be. I just need to right. see it was heading in the right direction, that the trajectory was in the right direction in the right direction. yeah. Um, and I knew that, you know, I was just going to be betting on myself and I knew I would put in the work and I knew that I would figure it out. I just had to give myself that space and like the mental bandwidth to, yeah. to do it.
0: Meanwhile, it sounds like you were like later law. yeah. <laughs> like that doesn't sound like that was the biggest, um, sort of hurdle for you to, to, yeah. to break ties with your sort of career in law.
1: See, it wouldn't want to be a, yeah, I think the feeling for me was like this feeling of a little bit of a, like a failure. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't hack it.
0: Yeah. And that was
1: embarrassing to me. Um, You know, like there was maybe this like unspoken assumption that if you transitioned out of law, you couldn't hack it or you weren't, You know, good enough for it or something. I don't know. I for me it was just like a complete personality mismatch. And I didn't realize how little I enjoyed it until I was in a career that just absolutely lit me up so much.
0: Yeah. Like I didn't
1: even think it was possible to love working this much. I mean, I've been in this business 16 years and I love my work so much. Every single day, it gives me so much fulfillment. Like, I can't even. hearing
0: that. Yeah. Like, oh, like everybody that. listen to this. Like, I honestly think you're so right that people just are particularly people who look, they're people who enjoy practicing law. And that's, that's great. But probably those not of listening us, to your podcast. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> they're they not in this, you know, room with us. No. And for those of us who are just like, you get that gut feeling that you're like, I don't, I don't like this. Did I miss something? Am I, is it me? Can I not hack it? And it's just like, and this assumption that you're just like, I guess work just sucks. Like I just, I like, that's just what work is. Mm -hmm. Particularly for so many people who go, you know, working at a firm after law school for a lot of people is their first job ever. Right. Right. So it's like, (laughs) you really have no point of reference. And even if you did, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of this idea that I guess it's just kind of your lot in life that, that you're going to dread waking up on Monday morning. And it's just, it doesn't, I feel so passionately that it does not have to be like that. Absolutely. Me too. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's why I teach this like PR framework. mm -hmm. I have like an entire success path, like, If you don't know how to do PR, we'll teach you how to do it. We'll help you generate ideas every single month for your clients. Oh, you don't have clients? Let me give you a program, Lead to Landed, that helps you find your first clients. Okay, well, now you love the work so much and you want to run your own agency. We have an entire program with resources, tools, you know, templates, everything you need to grow and scale a profitable PR agency. And the reason yeah. is like this is literally everything I do in my business, how we have found our billion dollar clients, how we, you know, price our services and and everything. It's like this is how the sausage is made. And yeah. usually in our and like at the PR field, it's very close to the vest. People feel like if they reveal their secrets, then it will be to their detriment and somehow you have an upper hand. And I think that that's ridiculous. Um, And so I've been, you know, kind of setting out to change that. But the reason I give literally my entire like, here's how I did it. Here's how I run things is because I feel like women need to have an example of, of, of a roadmap of what like Work life integration or having it all like having a career and being a mom, what that looks like as they coexist. How do you create a business where you can make really great money, be completely fulfilled, work on your own terms, but also be a present and checked in parent? And I have to say, like looking around at my law firm, there was not an example of that, that I could point to a woman and say, she's, she's got it going on. She has the life I want to lead. It was like the women that made partner were sort of like men in skirt suits. They either never had kids or they never talked about their kids or saw their kids or they had kids and they were systematically phased out. Exactly. You know, and I don't know what it's like now. This was, you know, 17 or so years ago, but I needed to, share a model for having it all at least like my version of it because yeah. i want women to know that it's possible that's extremely important to me
0: yeah i, I totally agree and this is a little off topic but what I, I i had an interior design business on the side for a while and i also found that it was there was this movement within that from very secretive to sharing and um yeah supporting each other yeah. and something You know, I always sort of try and say that it's not just the work you do, but the environment you want to be in. And something that I have found from sort of jumping into this small business entrepreneurial space is just how supportive, particularly just because I'm a woman and I've surrounded myself with a certain group of people, I suppose, but Mm -hmm. it's the best. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. everyone is so nice and supportive Mm -hmm. and helping each other build the business and the life that they want. And I'm just, you compare that to like the environment at a firm and you're just like, this is where I want to be. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's so awesome to hear. I love interior design too. I just like, you know, sitting home in COVID for 14 straight months. I'm like, we <laughs> got to change everything. <laughs> so I just yeah. like, completely yeah. remodeled the house. and I love it. And now I'm like, what's next? Like, what else? Could- I said I to my know, husband so today, fun. how much money do I have to make before we can redo the patio? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goals. <laughs> yeah,
1: totally. But I, yeah. I love hearing that. And I think that there's this big shift happening, um, you know, with just people wanting to be more connected and, um, you know, realizing they have expertise to share. And there's this whole, you know, industry that's growing so fast with, you know, online learning. And that means people have to share their secrets. And what ends up happening is when you put it out there, like I can't tell you the people who have come into my world, they are some of the coolest, most interesting, fun, collaborative, supportive people from all over the world. Like I'm supporting this woman. It's so incredible to me. She comes on our coaching calls from her boat off the coast of the Azores islands where she's oh, running her PR. I really agency.
0: want to go to the Azores. That's like high on my list of places. That, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know how to say it. Yeah. No, like
1: literally she's okay. like living on a boat there with her family and running her PR agency from her boat. Forbes just wrote a story about her and she learned literally step-by-step how to do PR through my programs And I, that to me is the coolest, coolest, coolest thing ever. She's been able to just move her family all over the world on a boat and bring an income. And it's incredible. So I just feel, Yeah. yeah, you know, you're experiencing it too with the interior design side business. When people open up and share, it just attracts such a collaborative community. That's so uplifting.
0: Yeah. So I, 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 try and always put myself in the seat of the people listening and that I think that (laughs) there's probably some hesitancy. Look, running a business is not for everybody. And that is just true. But I guess I'd wonder sort of, what do you think it's important to sort of know going into both just business in general, but also what kind of do you think makes for a successful PR, um, you know, career and, it seems to me like what you've said, which I believe is that there a lot of this is you can learn. You can learn mm-hmm. how to run a business. You can learn how to do PR um, if you want to. There's not some sort of you are dusted with magic, you know, <laughs> entrepreneurial powder, and you either have it or you don't. But I'm curious, sort of, what your thoughts on that is.
1: Um, I do think that some people have it more intuitively than others. Yeah. But I am sure that you can learn. Um, I would say like, I'm just thinking of like me and my husband, for example. Um, He has been like a corporate monkey W-2 his whole life. (laughs) My husband too. (laughs) Right. And like I grew up and my parents like, you know, were always around. My mom like sold real estate. She has a master's degree in education, but she, you know, aside from selling real estate was just kind of always mom and around. And my dad is a car broker and, You know, always has been in sales, but essentially he's always been self employed and around. And I just knew that when I had kids, I would want to be around when they needed me. um, And I needed to be like in a flexible, you know, job. And I just always, like when I was at the firm, I knew that I couldn't, I just couldn't long term work for someone else. I just felt so stifled. So I feel like the entrepreneurial side in me has kind of always been there, but my husband, you know, his dad was W2, his, his pappy's pappy was W2, you know. So I had to really, really convince him, like, you have to do this. And he was like, well, he thought I have to have it all figured out. Well, what will I do? What's it going to look like? How am I going to do this, that, the other? And he has an MBA. um, And, you know, and tons of experience at his, at his last job. and He was really only holding on to the last job for a paycheck. He was really yeah. well compensated and the company was like swirling the drain and they were trying to hold on to good people, but it wasn't really yeah. going in the right direction. So I said, you know, cash out on your severance, take some time and we'll figure it out. And he really was uncomfortable with that. Like we will figure it out piece of it. Yeah, but I convinced him to do it and he every day I'm like, "Aren't you so glad?" Cuz right now he's playing tennis 4 days a week. <laughs> like, yeah. He's now a business broker, um which is kind of like an M&A advisor. Um he closed a 100 plus million dollar transaction a couple of months ago and you know, he's wow. he's working on another deal, but he like really just kind of figured it out as he went along and now he knows, you know, where to find clients and networking became a big part of his client pipeline. And I think every industry is a little different. Um, But with PR, I do think there are so many skills that translate like great storytelling. And, you know, I remember in litigation, it's like all the, you know, documents and facts are basically the same for both sides. You just have to spin your spin your argument in your favor and get your supporting precedents and like kind of make your case based on the same facts. And PR is a lot like that where you look at the clients overall, like, you know, everything about it, like the founder story. If it's a product, what are the ingredients? What does it do? What are the features and benefits? And like figuring out how to match the product and create stories for each publication. And that's what I teach in our program. The pitch lab is like, timing and relevance like how do you master that so that you're creating story ideas that are the right fit for that yeah. right publication and really telling a compelling story so that they kind of buy into what you're suggesting to them yeah. that was a lot like you know like uh, persuasive writing and in, in law but yeah. on, and then on the entrepreneurial <laughs> it a lot more fun <laughs> So fun. Oh my god. And I do beauty PR. It's so yeah. great. And I do like baby and kids and lifestyle. Yeah. Like just basically yeah. anything cool that I like.
0: Right, right. My, That's the my, cool thing about doing it yourself is you get to decide what you like and you can, you know,
1: totally do
0: that. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. And like just on the business side, um, you know, one of the things that like in my agency program, I have a framework. So it's like pretty simple. And it's based on, and this is how I run my business, it's like I want to have consistent, predictable, recurring retainer revenue. So what does that take? You know, it's like when you get clients in the door, you have to keep them. So you have to give them excellent service and make sure they're happy. And that means their expectations are met. And then, you know, you have to have kind of like a process for bringing in new business. And so I have like a client pipeline at all times and different, you know, client leads are at different phases. And um, you know, sometimes it takes a little longer, but we always are trying to bring in new business and, you know, creating content to attract the right audience, leveraging our results to attract our ideal clients, um, and then leveraging the results to also bring in bigger clients with larger retainers, because it's always yeah. been, like a growing process. But the big thing for me was always like, you know, hiring a team so that they can do the things that I don't love doing or that I'm not the best at. Yeah. And allowing me that bandwidth to do what I love and what I'm really good at so I can like work in a flow state and get in like my genius zone, get yeah. out of the surgery zone and like trusting them and just really, um, you know, asking for help and and hiring my, for my weaknesses. So yeah. That's, like, how I approach entrepreneurship.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, that's one of my favorite parts about it is, um, you know, when I when I sort of work with people talking about really figuring out what their special sauce is, well, like what, what is their zone of genius? And it's such an opportunity when you run your own business to structure it around, <laughs> you know, you, you can play with your zone of genius in another company, but it's a lot easier when you're in charge of assigning yourself the duties and delegating the things you'd rather not do. Obviously. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, well, I take it you have no regrets about your transition <laughs> oh my god
1: not even for a minute yeah no not at all i feel so lucky it's like probably the best decision i've ever made in my life um yeah. aside from marrying my husband who was also by the way just incredibly supportive through the transition i mean we were we were just dating at the time, but he just made me feel like I was only betting on myself. Like it was not a popular decision with my family to leave law. Um, especially like I bought a house in Santa Monica on my own. Like before I really was practicing, I had just passed the bar and I'm like, let's buy a house, you know, and
0: yeah.
1: um, that was a huge risk, because I had a monthly mortgage payment, and it was all on my own. So I had a plan for for that. But
0: yeah,
1: um, my family was kind of flipping out, like, don't come to us when you need money. And of course, I never did or would never have done that. Um, yeah. I always figured I could go back. But I just look at that decision, like, really, it was about paying attention to like an instinct or something that kind of um, came my way that was like, just nagging at me a little bit. Like, what is that? And where is that going to lead me? Like, I didn't think about the destination, just like the possibility.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. I think that is like, just such a great takeaway piece of advice is just to listen to that voice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You have to know it's there. You have to know, like everyone has it. But yeah. sometimes we rationalize these um these things we rationalize them away or we kind of overlook them or we think like not now or not yet or not that. Yeah. And I just like actually I had a legal secretary who was very woo woo. And like, this is the first time I ever heard the term Mercury. Oh my God. Mercury's yeah. in retrograde. And I'm like, what
0: the hell are you talking about? I feel like getting into business has made me so woo woo. <laughs> so
1: woo woo. And one of my mentors is very woo woo. And I, I love it. I like the intersection of the business and the woo. Yes. But, but she kind of like opened my eyes to these like instincts inside me and paying attention to them and like not overlooking like a sign or even recognizing what might be a sign. Um, so then I just was like a little more heightened. And when I felt something that was like pulling me in a direction, I'm like, what is that? Let's just check it out. What's the harm? What's the risk?
0: Um,
1: but yeah, to answer your question, it was the best decision ever. And I feel so grateful. So lucky. I work with the coolest clients. I like have such a great schedule. I get to be around my kids. My older son is on the spectrum and it's really hard. Um, you know, we advocate for his needs and basically are always fighting the school to like get some kind of help that they're yeah. not offering. Um, yeah. you know, and like taking him to therapy and, and really, you know, he's super high functioning, but it's still a lot. And I just yeah. feel so grateful. And I also feel like if I was still an attorney with my head down doing billable hours, missing those important, milestones, I would have missed it. Yeah. I would have missed it and would not have been able to get him early mm-hmm. intervention, which was so critical to his success.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's your energy around what you do is is palpable. And it's just so exciting when you talk yeah. to people who sort of have that around what they do. And I just, so part of my mission with this is just to let people know, like, that is that is available.
1: <laughs> that is it. You
0: too can have yes. it all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. you know, it's, it, pe- the the road there is different for different people, but, you know, just to really, exactly what you said, just listen to your, your little voice and what is it telling you to do? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jen, for taking the time to yeah. to talk with me today. This was a total pleasure. Oh
1: my god, it's um, so fun to talk to you. It's fun to talk like my people. Like you are my people.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know? <laughs> can like,
1: get it. You're yeah. you're in the same mindset. I love it yeah. so much, and I think it's so great what you're doing with this show. I love the name of it. Like I told you, it's so <laughs> clever. and it's just awesome. If I can inspire one person to just you know, just kind of pursue something that might be a better fit for them and encourage them to have a more kind of well integrated work life situation, then it will be a win.
0: Yeah. Well, tell people where they can find you, Jen. Um,
1: Well, I'm on social media at Generation PR. So mostly Instagram, sort of my main place I hang out. Um, and then my agency website is generationpr.com with a J. And then for all of my coaching stuff and all my digital programs and content, it's profitableprpros.com. Um, and I'm finding out that we are um, on the supplemental register for register trademark. So too descriptive, but we are registered on supplemental register. So I can use the R circle, but I have five years before it's like actually ours. Okay. And legal side note: I just found yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's
0: I feel like going into the business, the legal stuff like it helps you know, comes in handy. Yeah,
1: I mean, I just found this out an hour or so ago, and I'm like, okay, I get it. it. Makes sense to yeah. me. Yeah.
0: So
1: ProfitablePRPros.com, and we have so many cool free resources there. Tons of training, and that's you know just the hub of of info I've put together.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you again, Jen. I really I had fun with this chat. Thank you. Me too. It was great to chat with you.